Hi, I'm William Chamberlain of the Popular Materials Department, and today, our special edition of the Popmatic Podcast, we have an interview with Sarah Karloff, who is the daughter of Boris Karloff. While we're on the topic of Mr. Karloff, if you come to the downtown Nashville Public Library at 615 Church Street on October 2nd at 2 p.m., you'll get to see Boris Karloff in one of his best roles, The Man They Could Not Hang. But now, let's go to the interview. My first question is, the library has in its collection a DVD set called This Is Your Life, which was hosted by Ralph Edwards, and your father was the guest of honor once. My question is, if a person was to sit down and watch that episode, do you believe it captures what your father was really like? Oh, my father actually um, was a very, very modest, self-effacing man, and I think that came across that evening. He was truly surprised. He was truly horrified at being caught off guard and surprised by Ralph Edwards. He and Ralph Edwards were very good friends, and he had made Ralph promise that he would never, never have him as a subject of This Is Your Life, and he was he he was horrified when he when he finally caught on that he was the subject of that evening's show and he later said that my stepmother Evie his wife had sold him out for a washer and dryer <laughs> uh could you talk about Karloff Enterprises and how it got started Karloff Enterprises got started because I was invited along with uh, Bela Lugosi Jr. and Ron Chaney, who is the great-grandson of Lon Chaney Sr., and Dwight Fry Jr. We were all invited to a convention back east honoring famous monsters of Filmland magazine, and uh, none of us had ever met before, and we each was each of us was curious about what the other guy was like, and they each had already been involved in the licensing of the use of their uh, family member's name and likeness or persona. And so that weekend, I had an on-site education as to the existence of this enormous fan base and at this convention. And I remember somebody asking me if I had been down to the dealer's room, and I thought they were talking about playing poker. I had no idea that there were all these wonderful dealers that were helping keep the legacy and memory alive. And uh, I got uh, an education from Bela and from Ron about this fan base and the memorabilia and the merchandising and the whole purpose of Karloff Enterprises is to see that when my father's name and likeness is used, that it is used appropriately and tastefully, and to protect the use of my father's name and likeness, and to perpetuate the legacy that he left, and to make it available for the fans. Frankenstein is such an iconic movie. Do you remember the first time you saw it, and did you ever discuss it with your father? I remember the first time I saw Frankenstein, and uh, I didn't see it until I was 19 years old, and it was in my own family living room on television. And uh, my parents were divorced and each remarried very happily, so when I say in my own family living room, that was in the home of my mother and stepfather. 
and I was all alone, and it came on one Saturday afternoon, and I sat down and watched it, and by that time, of course, I'd heard so much about it from so many different angles that I watched it rather studiously, so it didn't frighten me. I, I just watched my father's performance and watched the film, which about which I knew quite a bit at that point, and I thought it was a remarkable film, and it, it really wasn't anything I discussed in any depth with my father because he never really talked about his work. He did talk about that role and what a pivotal difference it made in his life, both personally and professionally, and how grateful he was for the opportunities and the doors that opened for him. And he often tongue-in-cheek referred to the creature as his best friend because of the difference those roles made in his life. Okay. Do you remember the first time you ever visited one of your father's film sets, and do you remember the movie, and what was your impression of that? Well, no, I don't remember the first set that I visited, but I was fortunate enough to visit several film sets and several TV sets, and also to see him on the legitimate stage in several plays. I saw him in Peter Pan. I saw him in The Lark opposite Julie Harris. And then, as I say, I visited him on film and TV sets, and each was an exciting experience and unique in and of itself each time. In the past two years, the Criterion Collection has released two of your father's film, Corridors of Blood and The Haunted Strangler. Dark Horse has released the Boris Karloff Tales of Mystery, which was the Gold Key Comics. Mm-hmm. And just last week, Image Entertainment has released the television show Thriller, which your father hosted and sometimes starred in. And I'm just curious, is there a chance in the future that the horror anthologies that your father edited will be reprinted? I'm talking about And the Darkness Falls, Tales of Terror, and the Boris Karloff anthology. I would be thrilled if they were. If so, I would love to work with Dark Horse on those also because they have been absolutely wonderful to work with on the Tales of Mystery, the comic books, and they have done such a magnificent job um, in in restoring those and uh, uh, releasing them in hardback format. It always is a matter of clearing copyright, and I am not certain as to who, who holds the copyright on those volumes. And a follow-up to the previous question, with all your father's work being re-released, how do you account for his continuing popularity? I'm grateful to the fans. My father's legacy uh, is, is has the long legs that it does because of the fan base, and they are remarkable in their loyalty and their respect that they pay to him both as a man and to his work. I have an opportunity to travel the country, mainly in October, because my father always referred to Halloween as his busy season, and I have an opportunity to meet his fans, and also through the Internet, the emails I get are just wonderful. And his fans are so respectful, and the letters I get of the people who, some have, some met him, uh, some share experiences of, of the impact he is a man, or his work had on on them or on a family member. It is so rewarding as his daughter, and I try to pass it on to my children and my grandchildren, 
the impact this man had on people's lives. His fans are, are so respectful of him and of his work that it's, it's, it's just, an, it's just extraordinary. And it is the fans themselves who have perpetuated this iconic legacy and uh, to whom his family is so grateful. And we owe such a debt of gratitude to his fans. I'd just like to say I'm a fan, too. And growing up, one of my favorites was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, I love that. I love that. And for him to have made such an impact not only on Halloween but also on Christmas is quite remarkable. I've read that doing How the Grinch Stole Christmas was one of your father's favorites. And what was so special about that animated show to him? Well, I think he, I mean, he certainly enjoyed working with Chuck Jones and, and, the, and the immense talent of all the artists involved in that project. And the story itself is just enchanting. And I think he, he realized that to be involved with such a project was, was a chance of a lifetime. And, you know, he could, he could do most anything with his voice and to be... He had done a lot of children's recordings, so he recognized that this was really a very special thing. And I know that the night that it aired, he called me to make certain that I would be uh, watching it with my children. And, and it really was a work of his heart. And briefly, I'd like to ask about two of your father's later movies. They're favorites of mine, and they've developed quite the cult reputation. One of them is Peter Bogdanovich's Targets. And uh, did your father ever talk about that movie? Targets is one of my favorite movies, and he really enjoyed working with Peter and admired him and admired his, his energy and his creativity and his talent. And it was, it was Peter's first film uh, direction, and Peter wrote it and directed it and acted in it. And they had 10 minutes of Karloff time left over from a prior contract with Roger Corman. And Roger Corman assigned Peter this project. And Peter said that my father, uh, when he was talking with my father about it, he said that my father said, do I really have to say all these awful things about myself? But he said that the two of them um, just clicked and uh, had a wonderful time working together. And and during the making of Targets, my father has this soliloquy. And uh, my father did it all in one take. And at the end of the the shoot of that um, soliloquy, the entire cast and crew stood up and applauded. And that just brought tears to my father's eyes. It was a it was a lovely exit line to a long career. It was not literally my father's last film, but it was his last film of of real merit. And uh, for that reason, it really is my favorite one of my favorite films of my father's. It had a very short theater life because it was released at the time of the Bobby Kennedy and and. Martin Luther King assassinations, and so it was pulled from the theaters and put back up on the shelf. And now it's now, as you say, it has a life of its own, and is I think is a fine film. And it was, of course, brilliant casting, casting my father as an aging horror film star, 
where he essentially was playing himself and and my father's own philosophy that that the real horror is out on the streets and not up on the screen that would be my father's philosophy of of life the other film that i wanted to ask about um he made a movie with uh, mario bava called black sabbath any recollections about that one well, it's been a while again since I've seen that film, so I'd hate to speak pointedly about it, but I know that it is a cult film. I know there is a um, heavy metal group named after that film, and I know it's considered to be one of his better la- later-day films. Okay, and the last question. I was listening to the audio commentary on one of the Thriller DVDs, and I found out that your father could make a potent martini with Bombay gin. Yes, indeed, and enjoy it. uh I didn't know that about your father, and I found that just an interesting detail. Is there anything else about your father that the public doesn't know that you'd like to share? That he was an avid gardener, a voracious reader. His favorite author was Joseph Conrad, and that he was passionate about the game of cricket. So that puts him in the category of a typical English gentleman with a lovely, lovely British sense of humor, the antithesis of the roles that he played. I'd like to thank Sarah Karloff for doing the interview. And please come to the Downtown Public Library at 615 Church Street on October 2nd at 2 p.m. to see Boris Karloff in The Man They Could Not Hang. Also, come down on October 23rd at 2 p.m. to see The Monster Squad, which will be introduced by Dr. Gang Green. Be there if you dare.